0: This is our devotional reading for today, October 29, 2023. We will begin reading from the book, This Day with God, Spirit-Led Christians, October 29. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, Psalm 19, verse 7. In this age of controversy, many of those upon whom the light of the Savior's self-sacrificing life is clearly shining will not live in accordance with heavenly principles. They desire to make a different showing than Christ made. To counteract the influence of these men, we must uplift the Christian standard, for many have turned away from Christ-like principles. Truth and righteousness have lost their full meaning to them when the holy spirit works human minds there will be a much higher standard in speech in ministry and in spirituality in our churches than is now seen then our church members will be refreshed by the waters of life and the laborers working under the one head christ will reveal their master in word, in spirit, in every form of ministry, and will encourage one another in the grand closing work in which they are engaged. There will be a healthful increase of unity and love, which will bear testimony to the world that God has sent His Son for our redemption. There will be a pruning of the branches of the vine and a bringing forth of much fruit, the branches that bear not the precious fruit of the Spirit, Christ-like words and deeds will be cut off from the parent stock. Divine truth will be exalted, and as it shines forth as a lamp that burneth, we shall understand it more and still more fully. Those who hold the truth in righteousness will arouse and put on the gospel shoes. Their feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, they will make no false paths in which the lame would be turned out of the way. God requires every man to stand free and to follow the directions of the Word. In every movement, Christ's followers are to reveal their regard for Christian principles, loving God supremely and their neighbors as themselves, reflecting light and blessing on the pathway of those who are in darkness, comforting those who are cast down, sweetening the bitter waters in the place of giving their fellows pilgrims gall to drink, We are to have a pure, growing Christianity. In the heavenly courts, we are to be pronounced complete in Christ. Taken from manuscript 83, October 29, 1903, Christ our example in medical missionary work. We'll also read from the book, Our High Calling, Energy in the Christian Race, October 29th. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we unincorruptible, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 and 25. In order to render to God perfect service, we must have clear conceptions of His will, This will require us to use only healthful food, prepared in a simple manner that the fine nerves of the brain be not injured, making it impossible for us to discern the value of the atonement and the priceless priceless worth of the cleansing blood of Christ. If for no higher object than a wreath or perishable crown as a reward of their ambition, men subjected themselves to temperance in all things, how much more should those who profess to be seeking not only an unfading crown of immortal glory, but a life which is, to be in, which is to endure as long as the throne of Jehovah, and riches that are eternal, honors which are imperishable, and an eternal weight of glory? Will not the inducements presented before those who are running in the Christian race lead them to practice self-denial and temperance in all things? With earnestness and intensity of desire to do the will of God, we should excel the zeal of those who are engaged in any other enterprise to a degree as much greater as the value of the object we are seeking to attain is higher. The treasure we are striving to secure is imperishable, immortal, and all-glorious, while that which the worldling is in pursuit of endures but a day. May May it not be our Great anxiety to succeed in this world, but may the burden of our souls be, how shall I secure the better world? What have I to do to be saved? The position all must come into is to value salvation dearer than earthly gain, to count everything but loss that they may win Christ. The consecration must be entire. God will admit of no reserve, of no divided sacrifice, no idol. All must die to self and to the world. Then let us each renew our consecration to God daily. Everlasting life is worth a lifelong, persevering, and untiring effort. And from the book Our Father Cares, The Meaning of Christian Perfection, October 29th, we read I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4, verse 13. What does God require? perfection nothing less than perfection but if we would be perfect we must put no confidence in self daily we must know and understand that self is not to be trusted we need to grasp god's promises with firm faith we need to ask for the holy spirit with a full realization of our own helplessness then when the holy spirit works we shall not give self the glory The Holy Spirit will graciously take the heart into His keeping, bringing to it all the bright beams of the sun of Righteousness. We shall be kept by the power of God through faith. When we are daily under the control of God's Spirit, we shall be commandment-keeping people. We may show to the world that obedience to God's commands brings its own reward even in this life and in the future life eternal blessedness. Notwithstanding our profession of faith, the Lord by whom our actions are weighed ceased but an imperfect representation of Christ, He has declared such a condition of things cannot glorify Him. It means much to commit the keeping of the soul to God. It means that we are to live and walk by faith, not trusting in our glorifying self, but looking to Jesus, our advocate, as the author author and finisher of our faith. The Holy Spirit will do its work upon a heart that is contrite, but never can he work upon a self-important, self-righteous soul. In his own wisdom, such a one would mend himself. He interposes between his soul and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will work if self will not interpose. The Holy Spirit is ready to cooperate with all who will receive him and be taught by him all who lay hold on the truth and are sanctified through the truth are so united with Christ that they can represent him in a word that they can represent him in word and action may the holy spirit speak to the hearts of god's chosen people that their words may be as choice as gold as they give the bread of life to those in transgression and sin it is God's pleasure and will that the blessings bestowed on man shall be given in perfect completeness. He has made provision that every difficulty may be overcome, every want supplied through the Holy Spirit. Thus, He designs that man shall perfect. Sorry. Thus, He designs that man shall perfect a Christian character. God would have us contemplate His love. His promises, given so freely to those who have no merit in themselves, he would have us—he would have us—depend fully, gratefully, rejoicingly in the righteousness provided for us in Christ. To all who come to God in His appointed way, He freely listens. We'll also read from the book, "Lift Him Up," the Light of Truth, October twenty-nine. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having his seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, Second Timothy 2, verse 19. God himself will work for Israel. Every lying tongue will be silenced. Angels' hands will overthrow the deceptive schemes that are being formed. The bulwarks of Satan will never triumph. Victory will attend the third angel's message. As the captain of the Lord's host tore down the walls of Jericho, so will the Lord's commandment keeping people triumph and all opposing elements be defeated. Let no soul complain of the servants of God who have come to them with a heaven-sent message. Do not any longer pick flaws in them, saying they are too positive, they took too strongly, they may talk strongly, but is it not needed?' God will make the ears of the hearers tingle if they will not heed His voice or His message. He will denounce those who resist the word of God. The purging and cleansing will surely pass through every church in our land that has had great opportunities and privileges and has passed them by unheeded. More evidence is not what they want. They need pure and sanctified hearts to gather up and retain all the light that god has given and then they will walk in the in that light we need not say the pearls of the last days are soon to come upon us already they have come we need now the sword of the lord to cut the very soul and marrow of fleshly lusts appetites and passions may it pierce and divide in a far greater degree than it has ever yet done i address the people of god who today are holding fast their confidence who will not depart from the faith once delivered unto the saints, who stand amid the moral darkness of these days of corruption, the word of the Lord to you is, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. Can we not hear see the paternal love of God expressed to those who hold fast to the faith and righteousness? The closest relationship exists between God and his people. Not only are we objects of his sparing mercy his pardoning love we are more than this the lord rejoices over his people he delights in them he is their surety he will beautify all who are serving him with a whole heart with the spirit of holiness he clothes them with righteousness he loves those who do his will who express his image all who are true and faithful are conformed to the image of his son In their mouth is found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God, taken from testimonies to ministers and gospel workers, paragraphs 410 to 415. Let's also read from the book, In Heavenly Places, The Church and the World, October 29. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth for ever. First John two verses sixteen and seventeen. Many who profess to believe the word of God do not seem to understand the deceptive working of the enemy. They do not realize that the end of time is near, but Satan knows it, and while men sleep, he works. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life are controlling men and women. Satan is at work even among the people of God to cause disunion. Selfishness, corruption, and evil of every kind are taking a firm hold upon hearts. With many, the precious word of God is neglected. A novel or storybook engages the attention. That which excites the imagination is eagerly devoured while the word of God is set aside. The world is the chief enemy of religion, for satanic forces are continually at work through the world, and it is the object of Satan to bring the church and the world into such close fellowship that their aims, their spirit, their principles shall harmonize, and that it will be impossible to distinguish between him who professes to serve God and him who serve him not. The enemy works continually to push the world to the front. The command is given, Come out from among them and be separate. But it is not for you to say, I have nothing to do with my neighbor. He is buried in the world. I am not his keeper. For this very reason, you should have something to say to him. The light given you, you are not to hide under a bushel. It may be understood that you believe the seventh day is the Sabbath, that you believe in the Lord's soon return. But what good will this do your neighbor unless you carry your belief in your daily life? A pure example will do more to enlighten the world than all your profession. How many are there as weak as water who might have a never-failing source of strength? Heaven is ready to impart to us that we may be may be mighty in God and attain to the full stature of men and women in Christ Jesus. And for our last reading, we will take it from the book reflecting Christ. John's character reflected Christ, October 29. Herein is love that, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another, 1 John 4, verses 10 and 11. The confiding love and unselfish devotion manifested in the life and character of John present lessons of untold value to the Christian church. John did not naturally possess the loveliness of character that is that his later experience revealed. By nature, he had serious defects. He was not only proud, self-assertive, and ambitious for honor, but impetuous and resentful under injury. He and his brother were called sons of thunder. Evil temper, the desire for revenge, the spirit of criticism were all in the beloved disciple. But beneath all this, the divine teacher discerned the ardent, sincere, loving heart. Jesus rebuked his self-seeking, disappointed his, uh, his ambitions, tested his faith, but he revealed to him that for which his soul longed, the beauty of holiness, the transforming power of love. The lessons of Christ, setting forth meekness and humility and love as essential to growth in grace and a fitness for his work, were of the highest value to John. He treasured every lesson and constantly sought to bring his life into harmony with the divine pattern. His master's lessons were graven on his soul. When he testified of the Savior's grace, his simple language was eloquent with the love that pervaded his whole being. It was John's deep love for Christ which led him always to desire to be close by his side. The Savior's love all the twelve, but John's was the most receptive spirit. He was younger than the others, and with more of the child's confiding trust, he opened his heart to Jesus. Thus, He came more into sympathy with Christ, and through him, the Savior's deepest spiritual teaching was communicated to the people. Jesus loves those who present the Father, and John could talk of the Father's love as no other of the disciples could. He revealed to his fellow men that which he felt in his own soul, representing in his character the attributes of God. The glory of the Lord was expressed in his face. The beauty of holiness which had transformed him shone with a Christ-like radiance from his countenance in adoration and love. He beheld the Savior until likeness to Christ and fellowship with him became his one desire and in his character was reflected the character of his master. Taken from the book, the Acts of the Apostles, paragraphs 539 to 545. And this concludes the reading today. May God bless you.